What teams and situations concern you in sports? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I am concerned. You know, I'm concerned, but, you know, we didn't get it done tonight. Um, and that's my level of concern. It Tune in Wednesday on the Press Box to see if your problems make the Concernometer. Weekdays from 9 until noon, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. I'm just waiting to be rescued. Bring me back to life. Welcome back to The Roar. Hour number three kicks off right now on this Football Friday, Super Bowl on Sunday. We'll talk about that and more. Get you ready for the weekend with our next guest, sports director at over at WYFF News 4. He's an anchor. He does it all. He's a man of many talents, and he hasn't been on the show in a while, so we're glad to welcome back our dear friend, Mr. Mark Whiteman. Mark, how you doing today? I'm well, Brad. I just keep fooling everyone and keep chugging along, man. How are you? <laughs> You're not fooling anybody, Mark. I know how talented you are. That's one of the reasons we have you on the show, but you're you're an even better person than you are a, a, a TV guy. So we, we thank you for uh, your time today. It's very, very much appreciated. You can jump on with us for a few minutes. Yeah, it's great to be back with you, man. I appreciate you asking me on. Good. A uh, lot to get to. It's a busy week. I mean, there is so much going on. I mean, your head's yeah. probably spinning trying to juggle it all. I mean, how in the world do you get it all in uh, on the you know in in the eleven o'clock show uh, throughout the weekend? Because you're going to have to juggle Super Bowl stuff. Top yeah. of that, Clemson softball is underway. You got Clemson basketball, South Carolina basketball, high school basketball starting to wind down now, mm-hmm. getting ready for the postseason. There, it's just a lot to. To kind of manage, but uh, how exciting is this 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 weekend for you? I mean, this is not just a Super Bowl weekend. There's so much to to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, it is always a bittersweet weekend because you know we, we love football so much, right? It, it, it's it's the thing we look forward to year round, and it gets here, and it feels like it's gone before we know it, and and it obviously starts to taper down as college football season ends, and then the games, you know, you get fewer games each and every weekend, and then all of a sudden you're at Super Bowl Sunday, and it's like, well, now we're waiting seven months for another season to begin. But, no, I mean, this is an incredible weekend. And I think, you know, uh, certainly one of the two teams I think most people thought would be in the Super Bowl, which is it's pretty exciting. And, and on the other side, you have the Chiefs, who up and down, but still got the best player in the sport. So I think it's going to be an incredible game. I'm certainly hoping that that's the case. Uh, looks like a pretty rowdy environment in Las Vegas. But as you mentioned, man, it's, you know, here locally, it's another massive weekend, and this is, you know, this is a great time of year if you're a college basketball fan, and especially right now with the way our teams are going. I mean, we're looking at the possibility, a distinct possibility right now, that you're going to have Clemson and South Carolina in the NCAA tournament together for the first time since 1998. And not to mention what the women's team is doing, and as you mentioned, high school basketball. This is the final night of the regular season tonight, and the playoffs start next week. And then softball's in Fort Myers, and... There's just, or excuse me, Clearwater. There's just a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's a very, very busy weekend indeed. We see turnarounds in sports all the time, but it is really hard to describe what Lamont Paris has done at South Carolina in just a short amount of time, and especially losing a guy like Gigi Jackson, who maybe didn't fit in with the Gamecocks last yep. year. He sure does fit in in the NBA right now. How do you put into words and describe what this Gamecock team has accomplished so far this season? Yeah. I mean, I think there's really no question about it. He is the national coach of the year. 
um, right now, and barring some sort of unforeseen, just absolute late season collapse, I don't see how there's any way that he's not the coach of the year. This is a team picked to finish dead last in the SEC in the preseason, and with eight games to go in the SEC, they're tied for first place. Um, and there's not a super superstar. I think Michi Johnson's a terrific player. I think Colin Murray Boyles, who is their top recruit so far in the Lamont Paris era from the high school ranks, I think he's you know he is a budding star. Was absolutely terrific earlier this week in their win over Ole Miss. Um, but they're just so dialed in defensively. They're on a six-game SEC win streak right now. That's something they have not done. Since the ninety-seven, ninety, excuse me, since nineteen ninety-seven, and they've done it defensively. They've held six straight opponents in all six of their SEC wins under sixty-five points. That's really, really difficult to do. So even when they're not shooting well, they've been able to win these grinded-out games by sticking to their defensive principles. Um, and it's it's just a it is a total team. We watched B.J. Mack for a number of years at Wofford. You wondered how a guy like that would fit in in the SEC. He's been terrific. Michi Johnson has been their, their lead scorer, but he's gone through stretches where he's very streaky and the shot's not falling, but he's able to do other things to continue to help the team win. Talon Cooper, a kid who finished his high school career at Dorman High School, is one of the leaders in assist-to-turnover ratio in the country. It's just a really good team. It's a deep team. It's a balanced team. They're always dialed in defensively. And, you know, Lamont Paris is proving he's very quickly becoming one of the better coaches in college basketball if he's not already there. And, and again, I just don't know how you can make an argument for anyone besides him as the national coach of the year. They got a chance to keep it rolling against a Vanderbilt team they should beat tomorrow at 1 p.m. So uh, they'll, they should continue their winning ways down at Colonial Life Arena. Tomorrow afternoon, the Clemson Tigers head up to Syracuse tomorrow for a noon tip in the Dome up there. Uh, this Clemson team, Mark, do you feel like that Tuesday was a turning point of turning points? I mean, it, things have been so bad in January and then to start yeah. the month of February, but it, could it could it be the turning point for this team to, to get back to being the one that we saw in November and December? You know, I think that's, I think yes is the is the short answer, Brad. Um, I look at what they were doing in January, and I didn't see a team that was, you know, the wheels had completely fallen off. I saw a team that lost three games by a combined five points to Georgia Tech, to Duke, and to Virginia in games where, frankly, for the most part, getting some good looks that just weren't converting. And really, that's kind of been the story of Clemson so far in ACC play is they have had a lot of good clean three-point looks that just hadn't gone in. I think P.J. Hall was four for 20-something over his past five ACC games before he hit four against UNC. So some of those open looks finally started to drop. Same with Joe Girard, who's really struggled with a shot. One of the great three-point shooters in ACC history, uh, but had really struggled with a shot for a chunk of, of conference play. And then he makes five threes on the road in Chapel Hill. I do think it's a turning point because I think it's a team that believed all along they were just as good as what they had shown and put on tape in November and December, but the worm had turned in terms of some of the shots not falling. And for as good as they were offensively in the early part of the season, we knew that defense was what this team was always going to struggle a little bit with. So when the offense sort of tapered off, that's when I thought you saw some of the production fall off as well. But 
you go on the road to North Carolina, a place that we all know Clemson has not had much at all success ever, and they're able to do what they did. And honestly, I think sometimes the harder thing to do is to go on the road to get a big lead, to watch it slip away, and to somehow still come up with the win. Because all the momentum in the building is turning toward North Carolina, especially when they tie the game at 70. And for Clemson to come down, P.J. Hall, your, your big stars make the biggest plays in the biggest moment. Um, I thought that was really telling about where this team could be going the rest of this month and into March. Um, you got to get on a roll here, right? You've already lost to Miami, so you get Syracuse this weekend. You've already lost to Miami. you got to beat Miami next week at home, the way Miami is playing right now. That's a Hurricane team who, speaking of the wheels falling off, has completely, completely nosedived. And then you got to get in a little bit of a groove. You can't keep alternating wins and losses clearly. I think the Tigers have a resume that if they win, you know, six, seven, eight of their last however many games, I think they got uh, nine left. If they win, you know, seven of those last nine, which I think is very doable, if not more than that, then I think they're clear into the tournament um, easily. But I do think you hope they ride the momentum of what was a really emotional, really exciting Really impressive win in Chapel Hill into the rest of the season. Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. We've seen it before, uh, although I think there's a lot of different players on both sides You know, to give it a different feel. Certainly at the quarterback position with San Francisco. You know, I was saying this earlier, Mark, that if Brock Purdy goes out and, and wins the Super Bowl, he's, he's the next Tom Brady. If he loses it, he's the next Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, those are the extremes we go to <laughs> on these stages. Yeah. Uh, do you, what, what do you make of, of Purdy? Because I have a hard time really figuring out what I think he is as a quarterback, but he could do some things on Sunday to show us that. I can tell you when I watched him in the Cheez-It Bowl, I didn't see a kid who was going to be leading a team to a Super Bowl in the near future <laughs> uh, when they played Clemson uh, not too long ago. I think he's a really good quarterback. I understand the arguments. I don't know, as you said, and I think you said that very well, like, you know, we do this thing in sports where every game is a referendum on someone's career. Oh, he wins one game. Oh, he's the MVP. He loses the next game. Oh, he stinks. I think the truth for Brock Purdy is somewhere in the middle. I think that he probably gets way too much credit when things are going well, and I think he gets, you know, way too much blame when things aren't going well. We have watched this Shanahan offense, whatever you want to call it, for years and years and years. And, and, and quite frankly, I don't think we've seen a quarterback, especially in San Francisco, operated at as high of a level as what Brock Purdy is doing right now. He's a little bit of a wild man. There's this reputation that he's, oh, he's just a game manager. He's really not. He takes a lot of chances. Um, he Maybe probably too many chances yep. sometimes. Um I think he's a I think he's a fun quarterback. I think he's a terrific story. Uh, I think he fits in perfectly with that offense. And I think you've heard some guys, Shanahan, give voice to it this week. Purdy himself give voice to it. Like, so what if you want to label him a system quarterback? At a core, like every quarterback really needs to be a system quarterback. Can the quarterback run the system that you are running? Can he operate it at a high level? And I think that's what Purdy's doing. Um, and, you know, I think this can, this San Francisco team is built to be a team that, you know, is going to play deep into January just about every year in the current mold. So, um, 
and especially while they have Purdy on this on this rookie contract, I think they're going to be a team that can continue to to contend and compete every single year. So I don't think if they lose this game, it's a ref. Oh, Brock Purdy stinks. Get him out of here. Let's get the bum. But um, I, I think that will probably be some of the narrative around it, especially if he plays well. Because uh, poor, excuse me, if he plays poorly, and we've seen. I mean, in the playoffs, there's been stretches where he's played very very poorly, and then was able to find some momentum and juice late. He was awful for most of that Packers game. Yeah. Uh, and then was able to, to to just do enough down the stretch to get him over the finish line. So yeah, really, the last um, two drives. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. And, and the Chiefs' defense is terrific. So I think he's got his hands full on Sunday. But I, uh, I'm, I'm I'm quite excited to see how this game shakes out. Someone who's a little bit more of a comparison to Tom Brady would be Pat Mahomes, who continues to make mm-hmm. Super Bowls. He's got a couple right now. He wins on Sunday. That's three. Brady's already said he would be shocked to see Mahomes. You know, match his seven. I mean, that's going to be tough to do. But nobody's counting out this guy ever anymore in a game. Uh, wh- where is Pat yeah. Mahomes? I mean, if 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 we had not just come off the Tom Brady era, would we be looking at Pat Mahomes differently? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, his his two playoff losses are to Tom Brady, right? Um, you know, he's. Uh, I think there's already really not an argument to be made that he's one of the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, four Super Bowl appearances in five years is absurd. A chance to win a third in five years is absurd. Those are, you know, there's one guy that you mention in that stratosphere in terms of the success he's had, especially this year, Steve. I mean, right, like, you know, they, they give Mahomes the big contract, so they're going to have to start to do things a little differently. Okay, you can't pay Tyree Kill. you got to get rid of him. All right, let's restructure the team a little bit. Suddenly it's the defense that becomes a real strong suit for Kansas City. We all watched this Chiefs team all year long. They were largely terrible offensively for large stretches of the season. I mean, that you know, Travis Kelsey looked washed. They don't really have a, a receiver that they can trust. Finally, late in the year, they started to, to give the ball to Rasheed Rice and a little bit more creative ways early on. It was a lot of just screens, and finally they started to use him over the middle of the field as he's grown more comfortable in the offense, and they've grown more comfortable with him. But, um, you know, you see what this team does when they get into January, and there's a little bit of a cliche, but they do. They know how to win. Um, And they have a guy who, at the height of his powers, can will a team to win even when they have no business winning. I mean, what he's just done in going to Buffalo and going to Baltimore and getting the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl after back-to-back games where they were essentially underdogs is nothing sort of remarkable. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're already at a place with Mahomes in his late 20s talking about him being one of the two greatest quarterbacks of all time with another you know, health-permitting 10 to 12 to 15 years of sustained excellence. And how the Chiefs can continue to mold their roster around him will be something that will be fun to watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're already talking about one of the all-time greats, you know, less than a decade into his career. Um, because this is the time of year that they are at their best, even when they have no business being. Because I don't think there was anyone that looked at the Chiefs in December and said that team's going to the Super Bowl. And yet here they are again. Yeah, I was one of those saying, uh-uh, they're not going to make it Same. this year. And Same. here they are. Yeah, they they defied. I mean, Andy Reid has so much to do with that too. He changed the complexion of the offense and what they were doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think Pat Mahomes bought into it and didn't care about stats and numbers and just cared about strictly winning. And it's it's paid off in a big way for the Chiefs. And what Spagnuolo does with that defense is always phenomenal. Unreal. Wrap, wrapping up things here with Mark Whiteman. Uh, the weekend. What what else you got your eye on? What can we expect to see on WYFF News Four this weekend? 
Yeah, we're going to be keeping a close eye on a lot of stuff, right? We've got uh, we've got high school basketball, as mentioned tonight, is the final night of the regular season, so we will have some highlights of some big games tonight. Um, we're looking ahead to college baseball starting next week. We'll start doing some previews there as well over the weekend. Um, you know, we're, we're in a stretch of college basketball where we've got our eyes locked on a bunch of different teams. Uh, interested to see what Furman and Wofford can do uh, over the weekend. And, and this Furman team has kind of had an up-and-down season, still has a ton of talent, could still win the SOCON, but has really, you know, has, has really hit a couple tough skids throughout the course of the season. Um, you got a Wofford team that just continues to find ways to play close games, play nail-biter games. They had six wins this year by two points or less. So a lot of college basketball going on right now. We'll start looking ahead to the high school basketball playoffs as well. And then, of course, you know, hey, this is, you know, for everything going on this weekend, we all know what the biggest sporting event in America each and every year is, and that's Super Bowl Sunday. So looking forward to previewing the Super Bowl and, and getting one of the great sports weekends of the year here. Absolutely. Looking forward to watching it all on WYFF News 4. You'll have everything for everybody all weekend long, as you and the staff always do. Mark, thank you so much, as always, for your time. I can't thank you enough, and it's been a pleasure uh, reconnecting with you. We haven't talked to you in a couple months, so it's good to, to get back with you. We appreciate you, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to, great to talk with you as well, Brad. Appreciate you having me on, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Take care. Mark Whiteman doing big things over there at WYFF News 4, and we appreciate him making some time for us today. 654-ROAR, win or return. We're going to continue talk about what's going on this weekend. Plus, Boston College has a head coach. I'll tell you who it is after this. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life, celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory-trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle and repeat rewards anderson what are you waiting for come experience first class halt your dealership alternative for honda acura lexus and toyota we're talking with eric snyder of snyder tree care what can i expect from my first appointment with snyder tree care uh, so the first appointment is going to be an arborist, a certified arborist coming out, walking your property with you, looking at your trees and shrubs and finding out are the problems, are there diseases. So we're there to give our client a peace of mind and we're going to make recommendations, not just cutting them down because we can do more than just cut a tree down. We're really interested in preserving those trees and shrubs. Leave it to Schneider Tree Care. Spring is knocking on our door, so get into a Landscaper Supply location for your home needs on the lawn, on the patio, and around your home. It's where pros and homeowners shop for the best brands, the best solutions, and the best service. Buy a gas grill and get free gas for a year. Have premium quality mulch, soil, stone, or sand delivered right to your home with their Mulch Made Easy Scoop It There It Is program. Seven locations in the upstate, a better experience for homeowners and pros alike. Landscaper Supply. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from on-running, vans, UFOs, Birkenstock, and more. 
incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of own running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! Mourning the loss of a loved one can be painful. If your loved one dies due to the negligence of someone else, you need someone by your side to help get you justice. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, will help you navigate a wrongful death lawsuit. Nick and his staff are here to help you through every step of the legal process. Call today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralast brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Continues on here on the Roars. Press box with Brad and Mike here on this football Friday with the Super Bowl upon us. We'll talk more about that soon. I want to run over some college basketball. It's going to be going on uh, this weekend. Mentioned earlier, Clemson heads to Syracuse. Noon tomorrow. I love the noon games. Get it in, get it over with. Uh, I think Brad Brownell will like that too. I think it's a good opportunity for the Tigers to just to wake up, get on the court, play, get home and uh, see if they bring back a victory. Uh, they'll haven't seen there's not a there's not a spread on that game yet. I would be shocked if Clemson's a little bit of a favorite coming off the North Carolina win. Syracuse has not been great in high level games, just one and six against quad one teams or quad one games. Uh, so I think Clemson's got a chance to continue the momentum and get a win up there. To me the key is really gonna be the inside play. Getting it to BJ Hall, getting it to Sheffield. Don't you had to shoot threes in this game, okay? Like in the game of basketball, now you you shoot threes. I I understand that, especially if you don't have a ton of. If you have a great, if you have a lot of slashers and drivers who just create, you know, organically buckets for you, then you don't have to take as many threes. But not many teams have those. Those those are NBA guys. They don't stay long. So, I think you have to take threes within the concepts of the way the game is played now. But when you see a team like Syracuse where you can beat them up inside, then you don't want to settle for threes. You want the three to come natural in the offense and be a good look and try to knock it down. 
you just don't want to fall in love with it. That's what I want, I want to see the Tigers avoid tomorrow is just sort of standing around going, well, let's just take a three here. You know, I mean, sometimes it looks like that's what you do in college basketball. I mean, the flow and the rhythm sort of get out of sync a little bit and you just start jacking up threes. There's going to be some really good opportunities, I think, to rebound and to get the ball into the post. And you get, you know, a slasher like Chase Hunter can get in there and, and create and get some assists, kickouts, or get it to PJ and Shefflin. I, I think Clemson needs to work for good shots tomorrow, not settle. And you can say that about any game I know, but I think in particular in this one, they can win this one handily, I think, if they apply that method. I, I agree, Brad. And and I really enjoyed watching PJ Hall on Tuesday night when he would um, set up outside the arc and pull Baycott out of that low post. Uh, that allowed some opportunities to get Shefflin and even some cutters to get get down into the paint and make some baskets that were crucial. And that only happens when PJ hits those those first couple of threes outside and he really pulls the big men out. And uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing if we if we see that again tomorrow. That one's at noon. Also in the ACC, Boston College goes to Duke, and the basketball fans, if there are any Boston College, don't want to, don't really care right now because they hired a new coach for football. Mike, they got their guy. Want to guess who it is? Uh, I'm going to guess O'Brien because we've heard so much talk <laughs> about him. It is Bill O'Brien, the now former offensive coordinator at Ohio State. <laughs> Boy, the Buckeyes dodged a bullet there, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> but O'Brien, of course, was the head coach uh, at a couple other stops. Texans for a while. He's been in college a couple times. Now he's uh, worked at Alabama as an OC, and now he is headed to be the um, head coach with the Eagles of Boston College. I think you have to make this hire. I, I don't love Bill O'Brien, but he does bring name recognition. He does bring... Um, you know, vast knowledge and how good a knowledge it is, I don't know. But he he knows a lot of people in the business. He should be able to hire a good staff. Like I, I don't think this is a bad hire for BC. There, there, it's easier for Boston College to make a really bad hire. I don't know that O'Brien will have great success there, but I don't think anybody will. I think Boston College, if you if he got to three straight eight win seasons, they're building a statue outside the state. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. That that's the ceiling. For this, this program, especially in this this era, so I, I still think he'll be able to to do some positive things there. I probably would have hired out Washington. He doesn't have the name recognition, but he's a guy who would have wanted to be there. You know, a, 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 an alum who really cared about the school and building the program. O'Brien's probably going to try to parlay this into something else. Let's be honest. And and if he has some success, or even if he doesn't. You just never know the NFL may come calling again. You never know if Belichick might need him again if he ends up with a job somewhere. That's what he was doing last year, um, calling bad plays for for a bad football team in New England. So I, I don't know what the future is long-term there for Bill O'Brien, and some of that would be dictated by Bill O'Brien and not Boston College because he may just leave. But you could do a lot worse right now. It's, it's name recognition, and I think the program probably needed that. And it's who I expected it to be. And we, we've talked about that throughout the last couple of weeks as they sort of let this draw out a little bit. We did think they'd have somebody by the weekend, and they did. So we, we John and I were able to nail that, that prediction down. We said it would be either Brian or Washington. We were dead set on that. Had some contacts up there in the uh, Boston area that were really pushing that. 
And it looks like that's going to be the case as Bill O'Brien will be the new head coach at Boston College and join the ACC. Let's go to Brad and Anderson before we do some more college football. Hey, Brad, how are you? Hey, brother, good morning. Listen, I wanted to ask you a question, and I want to call and ask Walt this question as well, but anytime I call the other shows, I feel like I'm cheating on you guys. So (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask you this, though. Um, I don't understand. If I watch the Super Bowl this weekend and, and I watch Travis Kelsey just come unabated off the line of scrimmage, and able to get in his routes and don't do anything to throw off his timing. I'm just going to sit there and lose my mind. I, I am so tired of watching Kelsey come off the line of scrimmage, and, and they don't try to jam him. They don't try to run him off his route. Nothing. I mean, you could put safety help behind him, jam him, and it's sure it's going to free up one-on-one somewhere else, but he can't find those holes in the zone that way. He can't find – it throws their timing off completely. But I just – I want to know if you have noticed that – Every single team seems to be so scared of jamming him on the line of scrimmage. He just freely comes off the ball, and he seems to, with ease, find the easy place to, to sit down. And, and I want to know if you've noticed that and you think that perhaps there might be an adjustment to that in the Super Bowl. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate the call, and thank you for the question. Good to hear from you today. Uh, I, yes and no. I, it's hard to jam a guy like him at the line of scrimmage. Um, it's hard to find someone who can, I think, who can body him up a little bit in those situations. Now, I don't, I, I don't like ever letting a guy just get a free start on me. I just, I just don't agree with, with that. And Kelsey is probably one of the best players in NFL history to find the soft spot in your zone. He's just, he just recognizes it. He knows he's, he's studied it. He, it's like he anticipates where that hole is going to be and. He's made a living, a very nice financial living, uh, just finding that hole and waiting on Mahomes to deliver the ball. You know, I, I think the San Francisco, I don't know if they have, I, I don't know who they're going to use use on him to do that with. The, the problem is if you jam him, you're essentially already committing a guy to him and in some ways tipping your, your hand at what you're about to do. And, of course, Mahomes can, can read some of that. So I think sometimes – Teams let him get a clean break because they're just they're trying not to show exactly who they're rotating to him or or how they're going to d- defend him or what they're going to do just to make Mahomes think for an extra quarter of a second there and maybe look somewhere else. Um, but maybe San Francisco does some of that and and I just don't know if they have a guy. You just can't really put a linebacker on him like you think because if if you do that like you're formationally you're 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 committing a guy away from the box you're committing a guy away from other areas of the field and you're sort of saying hey we're going to put somebody on Kelsey to at least start the route and I I just don't know that you want to tip your hand to that degree but maybe San Francisco will try to do so I would I would advise trying something different because nothing that anybody's done in the playoffs has worked against Kelsey most stuff doesn't work in general and hasn't but he didn't have a great regular season you know, find some things some teams did in the regular season and try. I'm sure some others in the playoffs have done that, but they've not been successful. And and even when he's had tight coverage all over him, this is what separated Kelsey from from the regular season and here in the playoffs. He's just making the play on the ball. I mean, somebody you know, somebody's just hanging all over his back and he's just diving or twisting or contorting his body in a way that most men of that size simply just aren't able to do. And it's why he's so so darn effective. 
I think he'll have a good game Sunday. I don't think he'll be like the player of the game. I don't even mean MVP. I just mean I don't think he'll be like a true standout player who's just going to to dominate, if that makes sense. You know, I, I think he's going to make a couple of really, really good critical plays. But if San Francisco does what I think they're going to do, they're going to make Mahomes spread it out. Like they're going to make him use Rice, Scantling, maybe Kadarius Tony if he's in there, maybe Miko Hardman. Like they, they just don't want this one two game going like it did. But sometimes, you know, Mahomes and, and Kelsey just force that upon you. So it'll be interesting to see how they do some of that. Six five four Roar, you want to get in uh with us. We'll do some more Super Bowl here coming up in the final segment. Mike, I want to run through college basketball for tomorrow. The slate that's ahead. I mentioned Clemson and Syracuse, of course, at noon. Also in the ACC, Boston College going to Duke at 2. NC State at Wake Forest at 4 p.m. Keep an eye on that one just because those are two teams ahead of Clemson in the standings. They're coming up on the schedule. You know, you need to pay attention to what what, what they're doing, and, and obviously one of them has to lose, so that'll help Clemson a little bit in the standings. North Carolina and Miami at 4 p.m. as well. The Tar Heels trying to shake off that loss of the Tigers. I'm really curious to see what kind of what kind of team uh, Hubert Davis gets tomorrow. Is it the humble, more focused team, or is it the one that was, you know, enjoying the Duke win a little bit too much heading into Tuesday night's loss to Clemson? Virginia Tech, Notre Dame at 6 p.m. Georgia Tech, Louisville at 6:30. Virginia and Florida State at 8 p.m. I think that's going to be a big one in the conference as Virginia hitting the road and needing a, another key win to stay in the race. If they're going to really push North Carolina, feels like they got to have that game at Florida State uh, tomorrow night. Also in the SEC here, Alabama takes on LSU tomorrow. Uh, the Gamecocks hosting Vanderbilt. Mike, how surprised are you with what you've seen from Lamont Paris and this, this Gamecock team? You know, I, I got to see them play against Clemson and Little John and was impressed with them that night. And now to see what they've done since, I mean, it's very impressive. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see as they make it to the SEC tournament and see if they can keep that, that, that hope alive. And, but for Coach Paris here in his second season, I mean, it's, they're just doing amazing things. Absolutely. Not a ton of big games within the SEC in terms of ranked on ranked. Uh, Texas A&M hosts Tennessee. That will be important for the Vols. Auburn goes to Florida. Georgia goes to Arkansas. Uh, Kentucky playing a rare out-of-conference game against Gonzaga tomorrow at 4 p.m. And Mississippi State goes to Missouri. So a little bit different weekend, I think, in the the SEC, but a chance for South Carolina to continue uh, to play at a, a very, very high level. Some other top 25 games to keep an eye on. Uh, Creighton goes to Xavier. Uh, they need a road win there. Illinois going to Michigan State. That's a top 10 Illinois team. Iowa State hosting TCU. That's a pretty big one in, in terms of the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech hosting UCF. Uh, UConn gets an easy, breezy game against Georgetown. They'll beat them by 100 tomorrow. Uh, Georgetown will put up a zero fight in that game. Marquette hosting St. John's. St. John's is a little, little feisty team. Marquette may have some problems on their hands there a big one in the big 12 tomorrow at 6 p.m kansas hosts baylor and what i think will be a very very key game maybe the highlight game of the day and you got some mountain west teams playing like utah state 
uh, hosting Boise State, a team Clemson beat earlier this year. Arizona goes to Colorado in the Pac-12. New Mexico hosting UNLV. Another key uh, Mountain West game there. Uh, Kansas State going to ranked BYU in the Big 12. Purdue hosts Indiana tomorrow. When we return, what's going to happen on Sunday? We'll give you our thoughts on that, players to watch, and how you can enjoy Super Bowl 58 after this. Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at saltyfriesfries.com. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have as strong a tire as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company, a winning combination since 1973. Call them today and be sure to check them out at PendletonTire.com. The Dream Center is more than a building. They serve those in need with a hand up instead of a hand out by empowering them to grow toward becoming healthy and self-sufficient through life skill classes, job training, mentorship, and a housing program called the Opportunity Village. Want to get involved? It's easy. Sign up to attend a volunteer orientation or how you can serve with your school group, corporation, or individually. The Dream Center, where they encourage, educate, and empower. Learn more today at dreamcenterpc.org. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game game day. I told you I had some more college football news to get to. We'll do that before we get to the Super Bowl. Georgia just landed a big tight end commitment. Ben Urasek commits to Georgia. 
Uh, comes from Stanford, where he had over 1,300 yards and 108 receptions uh, the last three years. Sort of one of those guys. He leaves the ACC, by the way. Uh, one of those guys who probably flew under a lot of radars just because he played at Stanford and they weren't any good. But he's a good player. It's a big get for the Bulldogs out of the uh, transfer portal. So big commitment there. I wanted to pass that along to you as well as it came out yesterday, but uh, Justin Stepp leaving the South Carolina football program and Shane Beamer's staff to go to Illinois to be the receivers coach. You know, he was receivers coach and then he got sent over to the tight end room. And I'm assuming that probably did not sit too well uh, with Stepp. And he's a guy who's been coaching in the area and the state and all over for a long time. A lot of people know uh, that family, uh, but he is heading out to Illinois to coach there. So Shane Beamer's got to fill another staff member. Bill O'Brien's the last head coach to get a job. There are no current openings right now, but there's still a lot of openings in terms of filling staffs. And now Beamer's got to fill another one. He's already what? He's already hired two two new coaches this year alone. I guess now it'll be three assistants. Yeah, I was really surprised by that move by Justin Stepp. Moving into the Big Ten with Bielema and the folks at Illinois, it's going to be interesting there. And like you say, Coach Beamer's got a, another slot to fill. This has nothing to do with Justin Stepp when I say this. Let me be clear. But I can't think of an easier job than being a wide receivers coach in the Big Ten. <laughs> it's got to be an easy gig, man. And, you know, you don't you don't really have to. There's, there's, there's certain times of the year when you get into November especially you're not hardly going to throw the ball. So you only have to work a couple months out of the year, Mike. You've only got to worry about September and maybe parts of October. Uh, you know, you don't get a lot of big-name recruits that go to outside of Ohio State and sometimes Michigan. You know, it's just not a not a place where receivers tend to flock. You know, I mean, they all try to get out of Iowa after they've been there for like a year. They all want to leave because they don't ever get the ball. So it's, it's probably got to be a... Uh, Probably got to be a pretty easy gig to coach in the Big Ten receiving rooms. Maybe Illinois is about to go uh, fast pace, big spread, passing offense. We'll see. Yeah, we we shall see. Six five four roar. You want to get in? Probably not. But we'll <laughs> <laughs> don't foresee that happening. Now it, you know it, it's going to change a little bit with USC and in Washington. Um. They they tend to you know put together some pretty good receiving cores they have over the years, uh, UCLA sometimes Oregon clearly, so that's going to change a little. Of course, I don't know you know there's been times where Oregon just said no nah, we're just going to run the ball, but um, it's just been a league that traditionally has not featured a ton of really great wide receivers outside of a couple of schools. Super Bowl fifty eight. In Las Vegas, Kansas City and San Francisco squaring off at Allegiant Stadium Sunday evening. Uh, some of the big storylines here. Do you buy the idea that Patrick Mahomes can catch Brady in terms of Super Bowl? Seven Super Bowls, it's a long way to go. Can't do it in, in, in one Sunday, obviously. But you win your third, you know, and making four out of the last five trips. I mean, Mahomes is rolling right now. Is it legitimately worth discussing that he could he could get to that number? Well, he certainly has proved the doubters wrong so far this season. Uh, there were some folks that didn't think they'd make it this far this year, but 
Um, My hand is raised. <laughs> he's got potential. I guess he would be the favorite to to catch Brady if there is one. I just don't feel like it's going to stop. There's no evidence. I mean, this is this is probably their worst team. Of the four Super Bowl teams that they've had, this is probably their worst one. Just from top to bottom, you know, like I said, I, the, the 49ers are more talented. They have way more talent, in my opinion. Maybe not quite as well coached or this or that. You know, there's in the upper echelon players in some, like Mahomes is better than Purdy, obviously. And Kelsey's, you know, I mean, Kittle's really good, but Kelsey's Kelsey. There's only one of him. But still, this is a, um, this is an opportunity for Mahomes, I think, to to at least get keep that conversation rolling and do it with what I think is the worst team would be pretty impressive. Will the 49ers get some validation if they win this? Just the Shanahan era, and you know they've they've accumulated a lot of talent and they've drafted okay at times and terrible at others, but they've they've just they seem seemingly can get lucky or land a guy like Brock Purdy. You know, there was a great draft pick to get a Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they've got some really talented players through the draft. Would this sort of validate everything Shanahan and John Lynch have been trying to do in San Francisco for several years now? I think so. And it's kind of cool watching this idea that he and his dad could be the first father-son duo to win Super Bowls. So that's that's a pretty cool thing. I don't think you can do it the way the 49ers have done it necessarily. Like I don't know if it's a copycat thing because they've honestly I think they've gotten lucky. I mean they they traded up to get Trey Lance. That's supposed to when your quarterback flames out like Trey Lance did, that's supposed to set you back three, four, five years. And here they're in the Super Bowl. Because they land in Brock Purdy. So I, I, I think it's a it's it's hard to do it the way they've done it. And I think I think Lynch has sort of lucked into a couple of things here and there, but they have they made a couple of good moves and, and brought in you know Cleveland Furl was really good for them this year, former Clemson player, and they have hit on and they went out and got Christian McCaffrey in a blockbuster trade, which they really got him for pennies compared to his value and what he's done for them. So maybe not replicable, but if they win the Super Bowl, certainly a lot, a lot of folks are going to acknowledge how the 49ers have, have done all this. Uh, are you interested in the halftime show, Mike? I mean, you know. Is it, Usher your thing? He, he's not. <laughs> we, we, I played one Usher song this morning on Mickey's show, and he was trying to figure out who it was. But, um, I mean, there have been bigger halftime shows that I've looked more forward to. So Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely got talent, so it'll be fun watching, but. He'll perform, you know, like it'll be a it'll be a full performance, not just standing there singing, you know, or lip syncing yeah. or whatever. So, um, depending on who he brings on the stage to with him, it could it could should be somewhat entertaining. It's not the highlight for me. It's not on the <laughs> top five list of things I care about when it comes to this game. But well, I'll watch the halftime show, of course. Why not? Uh, commercials. Are you interested in commercials? I do. I kind of like watching those. I've got a, a story of a famous Super Bowl commercial back from 1995, Brad. Um, a long time ago. I was in the room when the uh, the Bud Frogs were discovered. Really? It's a crazy story, but I uh, was working for a jingle studio in Nashville, Hummingbird Productions, and um, these three writers – came up with this idea for the Bud Frogs. They submitted it to the advertising company. They went out to L.A. and 
auditioned all these great name voices, all these famous celebrities. And when Budweiser came back to make their final decision, they said, we want the three guys that did the original demo, Tom Woodard, Ronnie Brooks, and Brian Steckler, all three writers in the studio that I, I did some work in. So it was really cool. They, they started getting, after the, the Super Bowl commercial came out, they started getting calls to come show up at bars and do the voices of the Bud Frogs. It was awesome. <laughs> Probably got a lot of people who need to Google that and, and watch that commercial because that was a really long time ago. 1995. Some, some, folks, That's some right. of our listeners were not uh, not really watching commercials at that time. So uh, that that is that, that's a cool story. Yeah, it was fun. This year's commercials, I've no, I haven't paid any attention to what they're I, supposed I to be. I, you I know, do you do you care? Do you pay attention to them? I mean, I like that first, you know, two or three breaks when you get the ones that are really hot and you know everybody wants to see. Um, I'll pay attention to them, and then maybe, you know, it's always fun to go back and watch the reels on YouTube or something where people list their favorites of the of the year. So I get into that a little bit. All right, all right. I I'll mean, we win. have to in the line of work we're in, we have to appreciate advertising a little bit, you know. Sure, pays the bills. Also, it's you know kind of fun to come in on Monday and rank the you know commercials. What were the best? What were the worst? I, that's just that's all you know fun fodder to have. I think. Uh, so I don't I don't mind doing that. I'll I'll pay attention to them. Some of them I like some of them I, I don't you know I'm I actually will use the commercial break to you know use the restroom or get more food or whatever I'm doing you know I don't have to see every commercial right then and there I'll stop what I'm doing or or more vegetables or yes more <laughs> more vegetables if if you're Mike and you're on PhD weight loss uh, in terms of the game itself uh, do you, do you have a pick you, do you want to make an official pick here? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the 49ers by three. I think it's going to be a little bit low, lower scoring. So, I'm going to say, uh, let's say 2017, 49ers. I'm going 24-20, San Francisco. Okay. I, I also think it'll be low scoring. Uh, that's that's both below the total of 47 and a half. Uh, both backing San Francisco in this situation. I you know I I, I wanted to go the Chiefs. My my whole lean from the beginning was the Chiefs. And as we've worked our way for the last couple of weeks here since the AFC and NFC title games, I just – some of it's gut. Some of it's I, – I just think San Francisco has not played well the last two games. And I think they're they're going to play – like I, I hate to say the word do because it isn't really a thing. But they're kind I, – I don't think they're who they were the last two games and sort of how close those were and what they had to do to overcome it. I think they're a way better team than that. And I, I do think there's got to be some, at some point, some letdown for Kansas City. Something's not going to work for them. You know, Christian McCaffrey breaks off a huge run or Brandon Ayuk beats their defense down the field and, and creates an explosive player touchdown and they find themselves in a deficit. Some Someone's got to get them out of their control mode. Because all three games, they've been in control. You know, Buffalo game really wasn't as close as the as the score indicated. They kind of dominated Buffalo to a certain degree, especially defensively. You know, I know if Josh Allen hits one or two of those passes, if Stephon Diggs holds on to a ball, then we might be talking about a completely different story. But I still think they have been in control too much. And I think San Francisco's got the talent to get them out of that. And then I, I don't know what happens if they're not in control. Can they? Are they more? 
Are they able to rally? See, I don't know that they are. I don't know that they can come back from a big deficit because they just don't have the playmaking receivers down the field. They've got to be in control. That's why they've been successful because they've run the football with Pacheco. His his carries went from 14 to the regular season to 21 in three playoff games per game. So he's he's getting the ball. They're getting Kelsey. They found some good spacing with, with him right now. And Mahomes is just simply creating stuff. I don't know that they can play from behind because I don't think they have the explosiveness in their offense. Mahomes has said, I'm sacrificing numbers. I'm going for wins. That's all that matters at this stage. He's playing Brady. You know, he's playing like Brady in a lot of these situations. Just don't make the mistakes. Play clean ball and find ways to just create plays when something breaks down. That's not a great recipe once you lose control of a game. I think San Francisco finds a way to get control in this one with the run game of McCaffrey and the ability to stretch the field with Brandon Ayuk. I, I think Ayuk has a huge game. Huge game. I think Ayuk, Pacheco, and McCaffrey are three guys that if you're into prop stuff, those are three guys I would target. I don't know what the market says about their totals right now, but it's three guys I expect to have big games for the respective teams. Lewis is up next. Hey, Lewis, how are you? I'm doing great, and thank you so much for taking my call. Love your show, first-time caller. Oh, welcome. Thank uh, you for getting in. Absolutely. I just want to do two things real quick. Is One, explain how someone who's lived almost all his life in South Carolina has become a lifelong Kansas City Chief fan. And the second is that if there's a bunch of people upstate here that really don't care who wins, maybe they'll jump on the Kansas City bandwagon for this Sunday because since I've been on it, it's almost empty most of the time, so there's plenty of room. <laughs> what I want to say is that I was born in South Carolina, but I lived the early part of my life in Tennessee. My grandparents were like the Beverly Hillbillies, if anybody understands that reference. But I was potty trained in an outhouse. We didn't have TV and uh, didn't even have a radio except for at Sunday night, my grandfather would listen to the Lawrence Welk show. So that's that was my experience growing up little. I'm, my, my dad came home from Vietnam, and we moved to the Camp Lejeune uh, military base there for the Marine Corps. And a friend, uh, there was a boy in my class that we became friends in the second grade, and he invited me to his house. He just lived right across the street, and he said, you want to come see the Super Bowl? I thought he was talking about something to eat that was going to be real good. And... Uh, so he invited me over, and it was the Minnesota Vikings playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And he said, what's your favorite team? And I didn't even know what teams were, but I said, I like the red guys. And so I became a Kansas City That's Chief cool. fan with Hank Stram and yep. Lynn Dawson and uh, Jan Stenerud and Bobby Lanier and all them at, at that time. And then an electric football set came out the following year. That's what they did. Most people don't even know what that is, I'm sure, but it, had these little vibrating it was way before video games it would freak kids out today because you had to use your imagination but it was kind of like a bunch of 10 year olds vibrating going in all different directions playing a game but we had a football set i I was the red sorry Lewis. i'm about to cut you off we're just about to wrap up the show i'm gonna have to let you run but i appreciate you getting in and thank you for thank you for sharing your thoughts go go there you go Lewis, a big Chiefs fan. Thank you for getting in today. I appreciate you 
sharing that. And and I hope look, I hope your team wins. My my son pulls for the Chiefs. He's a huge Mahomes fan. So good luck to you. I'm still picking the 49ers. I don't really care who wins. I I just want a good game. Does that work for you, Mike? Good game? Yeah, it works for me. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Thanks to Tim Bray, Jason Priester, and Mark Whiteman. Thanks to all of you. Coming up next, it's Out of Bounds. Have a great day. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. We're back to you again on Monday. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Take care. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.